0: Welcome to The Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Saturday morning edition of The Yard. Yes, had to push it back a day. I apologize for that, but I had family in town. My uh, youngest daughter, Mia Robertson, graduated from Mississippi State two degrees, now to her credit, political science major and uh, philosophy major. And a very, very, very exciting moment for our family. I appreciate so many people that have reached out and offered their, their uh, congratulations and well wishes. Uh, Mia wins the uh, Political Science Student of the Year, graduated summa cum laude, also a Truman finalist and a, roles, excuse me, roles, a Rhodes Scholarship nominee, uh, among many other things. So uh, she has had an amazing experience at Mississippi State and has done a lot to, uh, to help Mississippi State. I'm uh, very, very proud of her. And now three of my four have not earned a college degree. Now Mia will also take a gap year, take the LSAT, and then uh, go to law school. She won't be going to Ole Miss, but uh, will likely end up somewhere in the Ivy League. So uh, very proud of her and uh, a lot to look forward to, obviously. And uh, we're going to have about a decade of Bulldogs in this family as uh, Ian, my youngest, will graduate from Starville High School later this month, and then he will make his move uh, across town to uh, begin his college education at Mississippi State. So three of my four, now my oldest, probably the uh, biggest Bulldog fan of the children, but uh, had a chance to play college baseball, so he didn't go to Mississippi State. You never know though, maybe he'll take his MBA. But nevertheless, uh, listen, congratulations to everybody that had uh, their children graduate with their college degree yesterday, whether they be Bulldogs or not. It is a major thing to be able to get your college education and earn a degree. And uh, nobody gets there alone, right? I mean, obviously, the students themselves pay the uh, majority of the, of the work there. But, uh, you know, this is a, parent, a parental thing, too. There are so many people that we have uh, gotten to know in the time that we've moved to Starkville, you know, by a decade or or so now. Yeah, a decade ago. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of these young ladies that uh, were my daughter's friends when they moved to Starkville. And uh, it's interesting that uh, Becca Breckenridge was a uh, great dancer with my daughters and uh, she ended up being on the uh, dance team at Mississippi State and she'll be headed to uh to dental school sometime soon and so very proud of everybody whether you are related to me or not if you have uh, done what you needed to do to to earn your college degree if nobody else has told you I'm proud of you there are a lot of people out there too that um, they get out there and get to work on this uh, college education thing and, and they don't always have a lot of support I know that my daughter-in-law is the first female in her family to ever go to college. And so it's not as easy as some people maybe make it out to be. Some people maybe, maybe they make it by default, but that's pretty rare indeed. So uh, I want to thank Dr. Keenum. What a great job he does uh, with the commencements and things like that. And, and it was hot yesterday. They had to push the, the, uh, the ceremony back a little bit. But great uh, Great job. And uh, we, we heard that you know because of the weather they had to like take the of sta- the stage down and then push the delivery back, uh, the, the graduation back. Excuse me, if I can get going. I've been up early. But my point being is that Mississippi State did a great job to ensure that we had a nice graduation, even though it was hot, even though it was uh, humidity, it was tough. But uh, we had the presidential luncheon. It was outstanding. The food was great. There's everything Mississippi State does in many respects, you doesn't always get uh, maybe the recognition it deserves. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we all get so caught up in athletics and things of that nature. But let's not ever forget that Mississippi State as a university does a tremendous job educating young people and preparing them for life uh, well beyond athletics. It's important to understand that. And so, again, congratulations to everybody who were able to uh, earn their college degree over the course of the last few years, and be celebrated at the uh, commencements yesterday, whether it be in the evening or in the morning. Congratulations to all involved. And parents, congratulations to you. You'll be able to get some of your uh, kids off the payroll here in the uh, weeks and months to come. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I was back in there over the weekend. Uh, My stepfather and mom were here, and uh, Audrey flew in, and so we spent some time together, and we went to Bulldog Burger Company and I uh, had to pay to park down the street. It was busy. It was packed. But uh, great night for sure and a great meal. I had the Mississippi Bulldog Burger, barbecue burger again. Guys, I, I don't know. Maybe my favorite. That's one of those things with me. Like things change. You know, sometimes you get a taste of something. But I, I tell you, now that I've been there I think three times in a row and I've gotten the Mississippi Barbecue Burger, had the spring rolls as always, and it's one of the reasons. it was. I was glad to do that because I looked outstanding yesterday at the uh, graduation. But that Mississippi barbecue burger is just different. You get the hamburger, right? You get the, the, the meat, and then on top of that you get the pulled pork and the seasoning, outstanding. Sometimes I go to Bulldog Burger Company, and I don't finish the burger. Every time that I've had the Mississippi barbecue burger, I have finished it. i make it a point. Got the onion rings, too. So spring rolls, Mississippi barbecue burger, and then in addition to that, my onion rings, which is weird, I know. And then I got the uh, Nutella shake to-go. So great experience for me. I don't know that we left much food behind, to be honest with you. I don't know that we even had to get a uh, to-go plate. It was a great meal. You need to go by and enjoy the great delicacy of the restaurant quality burger at Bulldog Burger Company. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Floyd area. Go by and check it out. There's so, so much consistency. With Bulldog Burger Company. They know how to feed people. If you're looking for a great night out with friends or family, look no further. The Bulldog Burger Company. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's talk about this dog of a baseball game. Uh, I was not there. I will be there today. Matter of fact, as soon as we get done recording the show, I'll upload the show. I'll pack a bag, and I'll make that familiar drive down to Baton Rouge and uh, go cover the rest of the weekend. So the only reason that I wasn't there yesterday is because Mia graduated from college. And so, you know, being dad, you got to go do that. And so I sat home, didn't do the play-by-play, just kind of hung out with my wife and, uh, and covered the game. Didn't do a lot of commenting on Twitter because I expected us to get killed, and we did. Uh, the first thing before we even get too wound up in the ballgame, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this because there are a lot of people out there and, and people think I'm being offensive and I, I don't mean to be. But there are a lot of people that love college baseball that don't know college baseball, okay? Now, we obviously do not have a lot of depth when it comes to starting pitching. We don't. And there's been a lot of people that have been very criticism of the decision that we didn't throw Cade Smith on Friday night against Paul Skeens. Uh, let, Let me say this as honestly as I can. That is absolutely the right decision. Alabama threw off against Skeens. Auburn threw off against Skeens. Uh, Paul Skeens, the best pitcher in the country. So why would we waste a solid pitcher against a guy that's going to dominate us? You're like, well, Steve, we're waving the white flag. It's not about that. Okay, completely erase that from your, your thought process. Kate Smith, who's probably a Saturday guy, And maybe in in some situations, maybe a Sunday when you think about our depth, Cade Smith's a bulldog, right? the kid's going to get out there and compete. To waste Cade Smith yesterday against the best pitcher in the country is not a criticism of Cade Smith. It's just the reality of where we are right now when it comes to depth of pitching. We didn't throw Colby Holcomb. We didn't throw uh, Nate Dome. We didn't throw Aaron Nixon. We threw some freshmen last night and – You know, had some decent innings at times, but the reality of it is, you know, we we got behind in the ballgame, had some separation. But there are a lot of things to be critical of Chris Simonis and Mississippi State baseball right now. But throwing throwing Cade Smith last night, that's not anything to complain about. And I can tell you this, and uh, we've shared this before. One of the biggest challenges for any coach, whether it be high school, it could be college baseball and major league baseball in some respects. Of course, major league baseball, you know, the luxury of having – you can call guys up from the minor leagues. Uh, there are no free agents in high school and college baseball. Period. You can't. And so you begin to think about, hey, I've got to find a way to cover 27 innings. I've got to eat up 27 innings. And in some situations here, you know, we only played seven. But the point being is that you find a way to try to win the series. And people are like, oh, I just hate that white, white flag it. Guys, take the pride out of the deal. We are not that program right now. And, yes, that's frustrating for me too. But Paul Skeens is one of the best pitchers the Southeastern Conference has had in years. He is 10-1 on the year. The one loss to South Carolina, everybody has a decent, uh, you know, fastball. But when you've got a guy with him with a four-pitch mix, which is pretty rare, a lot of people rolls a three-pitch mix out there, but Skeens is a guy that can throw the breaking ball to change up the slider and the fastball. And that slider kind of tunnels just like the fastball. And I read stuff, too. People are like, oh, my gosh, why are we swinging that ball way out of side? Well, when you can throw the ball 100 and 101 miles per hour and you're able to throw the slider that plays off the fastball, you're not going to get it. It's pretty rare. It is. It's a pretty special player. And that was a thing, too. We, that was kind of the building block for us, too. And, you know, listen, Paul Skeens made the right decision, not going to Mississippi State. It would have changed a lot for us, for sure. But when you think about all the other factors that we had, you know, Paul Skeens is like, hey, this is a chance for me to have the opportunity to be a first-round draft pick, a chance to get to College World Series, perhaps play for a national championship. He made the right decision. He did. The pieces around him at LSU, much greater. I think we're at Mississippi State. I hate it, but I don't blame him. All right, let's jump into the ballgame here. Evan Cieri, uh pitches for us, and, and Evan's going to be good. Evan, Evan's going to be good. And, and, and it's tough. It's, it's tough against an offense like the LSU, LSU team. You're going to have an opportunity uh, to pitch the next couple of years, and Evan Sierra's a guy that I, I think is going to be a good one for Mississippi State. He's put in a situation now having to pitch – probably a lot more than we expected. All right, but well the Bulldogs take on the field first, and uh, we start. on and Larry, you know, he's been back up at the uh, starting lineup at the order of the order, at, at the beginning of the order, at leadoff here in the last couple of ballgames. Uh, Skeens knocks it down here the first three innings. Larry strikes out swinging. Ledbetter strikes out looking. I, I thought Colton just didn't see it well last night. Uh, there were a couple times that he didn't like the calls, I thought Colton just wouldn't see it, and uh, they did do a really, really good job on a the fastball there, kind of throwing that ball in inside on him with a two-seamer, and so it's got a little bit of arm side run. To, uh, excuse me, goodness gracious, arm side arm side run, my goodness. So we struggle with that. So that ball seems like it's inside to us, and it's got a little arm side so, arm side run. What, throw that in the trash today? But my point being is that we're thinking that ball's inside. It's not. That two-seamer does a really good job, and uh, he thinks it's off the plate. It's not. He didn't agree with the call, and I think Colt just wouldn't see it. Uh, Hunter Hines and strikes out looking. We get ahead of here, 3-1, and I get the foul ball and strike out swinging, but uh, Hunter had a tough Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sound good going too. All right, bottom of first. Very first pitch for Evan Cieri. Uh, Dugas hits a home run down the left field line. It's one nothing, And we kind of felt like we are off to the races. We were. Uh, Morgan grounds out the short. Cruz flies out the left. We actually did a pretty good job with Dylan Cruz, but they didn't need him. And then uh, Tommy Tanks doubles down the left field line, and then Beloso grounds out to Forrest. And, and I, at first I thought, you know what, hey, there's some depth in this LSU order. And despite the fact that Sierra gave up the that, that leadoff home run, I thought he did a good job. I did. And you got to know, first pitch, they're going to come out there and looking to get, get going, things rolling, right? But it's just how it is. So, okay, one nothing, I feel like, you know what, I – that might be, might be enough for Skeens. I think we're going to be okay. The, the game's going to be what we expect. But I thought Sierra came in there and competed. All right, one, two, three. State goes one, two, three in the second. And again, six consecutive strikeouts. Jordan strikes out looking. Uh, Clark strikes out swinging. Offered then strikes out swinging. Very efficient inning. Jordan gets out there and at least competes a little bit. But it took us forever to just put the ball in play. All right, bottom of second, things kind of get away with, from us here. Jones walks. We get at 1-2 in this count and then can't do anything with it. Those are the kind of things that irritate me to know in. When you get an advanced count here and then next thing you know, you're not really competitive. Uh, Joe Bear homers to right field, it's 3 nothing, And then Thompson homers to left, it's 4 nothing. Malazio strikes out swinging. Dugas triples down the right field line fly out to center field, sack fly, 5 nothing, and then Cruz strikes out swinging. So it's 5 nothing, and when Skeen's on the mound, the game is over. It's just a matter of what the final score is going to be. Just the reality of life, it is. Right, top of third, uh, Luke Hancock, the first Bulldog to not strike out, grounds out to second base. Mershon then walks for the Bulldogs to get the very first runner of the game, and it was a 4 Four-pitch walk. Mershon then takes off and gets second base. Heifel strikes out swinging. Then Larry strikes out swinging. So, uh, you can kind of do the math from there. You know, the first time through the order, the Bulldogs put the play in once. Pretty rough. Pretty rough stretch there. But you look at it and you feel like, hey, you know what? We know what we're dealing with with skeins. But we got to get some things going. you got to put the ball in play. All right, we bring in Brock Tapper in the third. We get a pop up, Tommy White. Beloso walks. And that's, that's one of the things that irritates me. Is there's enough, there's enough talent in that lineup. Beloso is a guy that's been around forever and kind of an average player. You can't go out there and walk the guy. And we we'll get Jones to strike out swinging. Joe Bear singles to center field. Beloso has to hold at second. And we we'll get Thompson to ground out at second. So even though there's a traffic on the bases here, we post a zero, top of four. Ledbetter flies out to left. Hines strikes out looking. Jordan strikes out looking. We're just not seeing the baseball. We're just not. (laughs) It's 5-0. All right, bottom of four. Tapper comes back out there. Does a good job again. Malazio reaches on a throw-in error by the shortstop. And uh, that can't happen. I mean, you, you roll it up there. And then Dugas is hit by the pitch. And here we go again, right? Unfortunately, we get Morgan to ground into double play. Nice turn from both Amani, Larry, and David Mershon. And then we get Cruz to fly out to center field. So, an error and a hit by pitch. We're able to navigate through that. And, of course, play some pretty decent defense there behind that. And now it's a 5-0 ball game, but back-to-back zeros for Brock Tapper. Top of five. Kellum Clark strikes out swinging. swing, Kellum had a tough night. He really did it. He just didn't see the baseball a little later in the ball game. Made some things happen. But the first two, two of bats, not really strong. Uh, Slate offered out at first, pitcher to the shortstop, the first base. That's the one that uh, Slate actually hits the baseball, and, and it goes off of Skeens. Otherwise, it's going to be a single right back up the middle. Tough night. Uh, Hancock and singles up the middle. Luke actually saw the baseball pretty well. Of all the Bulldogs, Luke probably, probably the guy that, that saw skeins the best. Mershon then grounds out at second base. That's the uh, end of the top five. All right, bottom of five, and uh, this whole thing with Tapper—he's just competing. He's out there spotting up his fastball, dropping the breaking ball for a strike, changing speeds a little bit. You get wide to strike out looking. Beloso is in hit by the pitch. Jones walks. All of a sudden, we got trouble. Right. We get Joe Baird to fly out a center, and Thompson flies out to right. So we some traffic on the bases, but we made the pitches we need to. So Tapper doing a good job here. Top of six. And Skeen's fastball was downed, and this sounds crazy, but he was around 97. He was consistently 100 the first two times through the order. Heifel absolutely hammers his ball to left field for a home run. It's 5-1. Now, we're not going to catch up with LSU, but you think, you know what, hey, there's no more victories for Mississippi State Baseball. That said, you know, maybe, just maybe, we can get to this guy a little bit and establish a little bit of confidence for the rest of the weekend. Amani grounds out to third. Ledbetter strikes out looking, and it was a strike. And Hines pops up to third. Fastball there, just got under it. Timed it up well, just didn't get enough. So it's 5-1, middle six. And this is crazy when right here. Like, Tapper, again, has had some traffic on the bases, but it finally catches up with us here. Finally. Uh, Malazio singles up the middle. This is one of those crazy ones, right? I don't know. They said post-game but David Machan just couldn't pick it up. He runs to the right, and the ball goes to his left. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's that Tony Shashner he behind home plate or whatever. It was a weird situation. I don't see that happen very often. It was a routine ground ball. And Marshawn, obviously, should have played it, but he'd never read it. So, single. And then we get a ground ball, just kind of a nubber out towards first, and Tapper's just a little late getting over over there. I understand, you know, he falls off the mound hard to the other side. But it's not hit well, but Tapper's got to get off the mound and get over there. We don't. And the next thing you know, they're going to bunt, and rather than it be a sacrifice bunt, really good bunt from Trey Morgan. So, three bases here three base runners, three singles, and it's three ground balls. And, and of course, I read the stuff on social media. Oh, we should have already pulled him. Why? Why would we have pulled him? Number one, the game is over. Number two, he's rolling up ground balls. He gets a routine ground ball to short that we don't see. We get a little number out there to first base. We don't get over and cover the bag. And next thing you know, it's a bunt. It probably should let Slade offer have that. But they don't hit the ball out of the infield. It's not like he was getting barreled up. I, you know, There have been several times this year I thought we should have pulled the pitcher. This wasn't one of them. And then we walk Dylan Cruz, and uh, the run scores at 6-1. We bring in Tyson Harden. He gives up a, a single to the right side. Now it's 7-1. Beloso flies out to right. Sack fly there. Makes it 8-1. And we get Jones' strikeout looking, and Joe Bear uh, pops up to the catcher. And that's what happens. I don't care who you are or where you're from. When you load the bases for somebody and you don't play good defense, I don't care how good a pitcher you are. I don't care how talented you are. The reality of it is, is got to have the, you know, eight guys behind you with gloves on to go out there and make plays. We didn't do it. It's 8-1. All right, top of seven. Uh, Dakota Jordan reaches on a throwing error. And then Kellen Clark singles to left. Kellen thought that ball was a pop fly. Instead, it was a little, uh, you know, left field shot kind of dumped the other way. DJ goes to second. And you think, hey, it's 8-1. But, you know, we're kind of getting to this guy. Maybe we can make this thing interesting. And uh, Swade offered strikes out swinging. And then Luke Hancock hammers a ball to left field. Again, Luke, saw skiing's pretty good. And give, you know, give Morgan a lot of credit. That ball is probably off the wall more times than not. I thought DJ got to third a little bit quick. They called him out. They appealed. They When we review it, they said he didn't. He, he didn't leave early. I mean, he did leave early. He didn't leave one time. And so it's a double play to end it. And uh, those are the kind of things, too, that just simply can't happen. I understand it's 8-1 in the seventh inning. But you got to play good baseball. Not to mention, you know, hey, well, we're putting the ball in play here. We're starting to see the baseball better. And Luke, absolutely. I mean, listen, for 10 more push-ups, that's a, a two-run home run, right? Or three-run home run, excuse me. Now all of a sudden, you look up and 8-4, you think, hey. And all of a sudden, you get in that bullpen. I don't think we were going to win the ball game. But I would love to have been able to waste another arm. I would love for them to be in a situation where they'd have to go to full nine and get in their bullpen a little bit. You never know what could happen. This LSU pitching staff is not what a lot of people think it is. All right, bottom of seven, and this is the final half inning of the ballgame. Thompson strikes out swinging. Then Malazio swing, singles to right. Dugas goes to the left side. Runners at first and second. Dugas goes to second. Malazio takes third on a wild pitch. Morgan singles up the middle. Two runs scored. It's 10-1. Cruz pops up to the shortstop. And then Tommy White homers to left field. Ball game over 12-1. That's a ballgame. And listen, here's the deal, too. Listen, I've been I've been a Mississippi State guy my whole life, and the fact that we're ever in a situation against LSU and uh, we're we're basically conceding the ball game, it doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't, and it, it's bigger than just the weekend. I mean, this is our this has been our rival for years, and we hadn't won enough against LSU in the last decade or so. My point being is that. You know, yeah, it's the right thing not to throw K, but the fact that we're in a situation we don't have a bona fide Friday night star to compete—it's not good. That's again, you know, it's a microcosm of a lot of things, right? It just is. We should never be in a situation that we got to mix and match the way we did, just to try to win a game or two. All right, Bulldogs with three hits, and that's kind of been uh, the story in recent weeks in many respects. Uh, Friday night, and with Skeens out there, you, you expect it. But Amani Larry, 0 for 3. Colton Ledbetter, 0 for 3. Hunter Hines, 0 for 3. Dakota Jordan, 0 for 3. So, it's a combined 0 for 12. Top four for the Bulldogs. Kellum Clark goes 1 for 3 in the ballgame with a couple of Ks. Slade Offer 0 for 3, a couple of Ks. Luke Hancock, 1 for 3. And, again, Luke, you know, Luke put the ball in play all three times. David Mershon, 0 for 1 on the day, but also had a walk. Ross Highfield goes 1 for 2. And uh, has the solo home run. So, big moment there for for Ross. To be able to hit a tank against a guy that that good, hey, that's good. Significant down the stretch, right? Uh, Ross now one home run away from being a double-digit home run guy for the Bulldogs. He's a freshman. And he's had some up and down times for sure. All right, Gavin Dugag goes four for four for OSU. Uh, Trey Morgan, two for four, also had three RBI. Dylan Cruz, 0 for four. And that, that just shows you the depth in this LSU team, but you can shut down Dylan Cruz, and they still pull up, pull up a dozen runs. Tommy White, three for five. Cade Beloso, 0 for one. Jerry Jones, 0 for two. Braden Gilbert two for four. Jordan Thompson, one for four. Alex Malazio, two for four. Uh, Evan Cieri, tagged with the loss. Goes two innings, five hits, five runs. All five of them earned uh, two strikes, two strikeouts, one walk. And then Brock Tapper goes three innings, uh, four hits, three runs, three earned runs, three walks there. That never helps the situation. A couple punch-outs, and then the two hit by pitches. And so, again, I thought Brock was still decent in the ballgame. Uh, Control is still an issue we've got to work on. But uh, 74 pitches. Tyson Harden goes one and two-thirds of an inning. Uh, five hits, four runs, a couple strikeouts, one wild pitch. Uh, State strikes LSU out six times in the ballgame, walks them Four. Uh, Paul Skeens goes the distance for LSU. Seven innings pitch, three hits, one run, uh, one walk, 13 strikeouts, and he was absolutely phenomenal the first time through the order. Again, as we got a little deeper in the ball game, but the, we started hitting the baseball some. But the reality of it is, is when you know when you're out there, and you don't have when you don't have runs, it's tough to win against anybody. So it's behind us. It's over. Got to find a way to win today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But I appreciate the fact that we went out there and competed a little bit with some young guys. But uh, the fact that we're in a situation, again, that we're, this is where we are, it doesn't sit well with me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent of throwing off when you have to, right? I mean, you know, we did that when I coached high school baseball. You know, we had Jared Poche in our district. You know, why would I throw my best pitcher against Jared Poche? Why would I do it? We're like with Steve, you want know, it's best on best. We're just not at that situation. We're not. So we'll see what happens today. Uh, You know, Smith will go today for Mississippi State. And uh, LSU, trying to shake some things up. And that's the thing, too. We'll spend a little time talking about LSU in these next few minutes before uh, we get into our top ten list. But uh, LSU's got some dudes, but there are some things with this team that are a little bit, I don't know, I guess kind of concerning if you're just a fan of college baseball and certainly of LSU. They're going to have a tough time um, winning a Super Regional without somebody stepping up. You know what you have with Skeens. That should be an automatic win, right? But if you see how LSU has played in recent weeks, you say, well, Steve, it's just a one-series loss, and that's true. It's true. But what are you going to do when those, when it gets down to a, uh, you know, one-run, two-run ballgame? You know, LSU obviously will hope to, uh, you know, to play a Super Regional at their place, and uh, it's a very, very friendly park for hitters. We'll see how things go. But it's interesting, too, you know, we, we talk about, you know, th- th- what's happened here in recent weeks. You know, Auburn kind of caught fire after Mississippi State goes out there and loses a series. LSU beats Auburn 3-0 in game one. And then after that, it's a it's a joke, man. Auburn wins game two, 8-6, and then wins game three, 12-2. They 10-run rule at LSU last weekend. But, uh, you know, looking at it, last week, again, it's 8-6 eight, six, eight, six ball game uh, there on the Plains. I just think LSU is one of those teams that they're very much a momentum type team. And so you go out there and you chase those guys a little bit, make them have to play some baseball, don't go out there and throw batting practice, you got a chance. Ty Floyd expected to go today for LSU. Last weekend against Auburn, Ty Floyd was three and two thirds of an inning, two hits, three runs, three earned runs, four walks, nine strikeouts. And he had a stretcher where he strikes out seven in a row. And then things kind of fall apart. And then you get into the, you know, the bullpen, uh, nobody really works deep into this ballgame. They just kind of do it, uh, you know, by committee. Uh, Javin uh, Coleman is tagged with the loss, but uh, Gavin Guidry goes in and kind of matches up there. But uh, it wasn't a great day pitching-wise. And Tommy Vale, of course, uh, you know, works, works as the starter in this ball game for Auburn. And uh, Zach Crotchfeld ends up getting the W there because he gets uh, one punch out late in the ballgame well, Cannon gets a save. But, uh, again, Ty Goodry will go today. Ty Floyd, excuse me. There's just so much to – like I've watched that – I don't have to watch the broadcast very often. But I thought it was terrible. I I really did. And um, they spent a lot of time, of course, uh, you know, talking about LSU. And I don't know. I just – maybe it's because the LSU stuff kind of makes my skin crawl sometimes. But uh, I just didn't think it was very good. I didn't think it was good. And, uh, I, that, like, they get Tommy White to strike out and they spend five minutes talking about what a great hitter he is. Yeah, I guess it's it's true. I mean, he's going to be a great pro someday. But, you know, that's probably not the best of time to go out there and put that together for him is when he's uh, when he's striking out. But about Ty, Ty Floyd, we talk about, you know, this this team. Ty Floyd, again, 4.86 ERA. He's 6-0, 10 starts on the year, uh, 12 appearances, has the one save, 53 and two-thirds of an inning. And then um, 38 hits, 35 runs, 29 of them earned, 26 walks, 59 uh, Ks. So we're not going to see the same situation tonight. And you can't really compare Ty Floyd or anybody else against Paul Skeens. Again, Paul Skeens, 152 strikeouts this year. That's it, 152. It's ridiculous. It gets 14 walks. You're not going to see those numbers replicate themselves very often. It's not going to happen. So I think State can compete today you got to find a way to get it done. And then we'll see what happens on Sunday. Because you look, again, this LSU schedule, it's just, you know, the, the the Sunday games have been interesting. Even though LSU's won them all, with the rare exception. But it's pretty crazy to go back and look. And we'll take a quick look, you know, SEC play. I'm not going to go back and look at this this dog of a non-conference schedule. Uh, but they open up and they take two out of three against, LSU, against A&M. They lose the Sunday game. You get into Arkansas. Arkansas, of course, wins game one. LSU rallies back. Ten-run rules Arkansas in the uh, second game. And then LSU wins the series against Arkansas. Tennessee, two out of three. The loss, Sunday. 14-7, to too, on top of that. South Carolina, you know, they only they split and doesn't play the Sunday game. And I honestly believe if they played that third game at Founders Park. South Carolina probably wins it. Uh, Kentucky gets one, and Kentucky could have and probably should have won this series. Kentucky drops the first game, and then they win the second one, 13-10, and then lose 7-6 in the rubber game. Ole Miss gets swept in Oxford, and Ole Miss had that game won on Sunday. And they end up getting uh, Hayden Trevinsky hitting a home run that makes a difference in the ballgame. Uh, Alabama... LSU sweeps them, but all the games are competitive, 8-6, 12-8, 13-11. And, of course, Auburn last weekend, uh, Skeens destroys them, 3-0, and then Auburn wins 8-6 and 12-2. So, my point being is that this is an LSU team. The, the numbers look great, but if you're going to get them, it's not going to be on Saturday. on Friday. It's going to be Saturday, Sunday. You win today. We'll see how life works, but uh, you know a lot of people are thinking, "Steve, you know we're going to get ten-run rule at all three games." I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know that I believe that. But we got to go out there and play baseball tonight. Now, if you're looking for um, the ball game this evening, it is uh, 6 p.m. Central, of course, at uh, Alex Box Stadium. That's 6 p.m. Central tonight, we'll play uh, Sunday at 1 p.m. So we'll go enjoy the game tonight. We'll go to breakfast. We'll cover the next game. We'll come back. So, again, I'll be, about to be down there the next two nights, tonight and tomorrow. and We'll make our way back. And then we'll record the Monday show. And then we'll have um, Tuesday night baseball. And we'll record a show Tuesday night. then I'll leave for uh, for Chattanooga for the 30-year anniversary trip. And uh, I'll let you know about the rest. But, uh, listen, I, I enjoy getting together and playing LSU, but it's one of those things, man, I always, in recent years, I, I just grown to expect us to lose these ball games. So, we need to kind of get things rolling today, see what happens. They're, the pressure's all on them, to be quite honest with you. And, and it's sad that we're not playing meaningful baseball in the month of May. It drives me absolutely crazy. It really does. All right, time for today's top ten list. And uh, our friend, friend Blair Chandler. I had somebody hit me up today and say, Steve, uh, I need his number. Yeah, and and I'm fine to have him and happy to do that for you. I feel like I'm not even awake yet. Blair is a guy that understands how life works, and things begin to really heat up this time of year because a lot of people are thinking, you know, hey, maybe we need to take a vacation. Maybe we need to buy a home. If we're going to move, we don't want to move the kids in the middle of the school year, maybe in a different district. I don't know, you know, and so you need to deal with a professional. And we do believe that interest rates are, inflation and interest rates are going to drop here in the weeks and months to come. So if you're thinking about making a move, uh, Blair is the guy that can handle you with that. Uh, I encourage you to reach out to Blair at closewithblair.com and uh, give him a tax at 601 500 2344. Again, that's 601 500 2344. Visit closewithblair.com. It's good to have somebody that is in your corner that understands how life works. A lot of times you just kind of tune this stuff out and say, well, you know, we're good. We're good. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not good. Maybe you're not ready to realize that or recognize the fact that you're not really in a situation you need to be. Or maybe you're looking about home for the first time. Reach out to Blair Chandler again at 601-500-2344. 22 years of experience and back-to-back-to-back years. Top 1% close ratio in the country. Be sure and let them know you heard from us. That's Blair Chandler at Blair.com. All right, top ten list. And uh, this is a band that is kind of an alternative rock band that uh, kind of crosses over to some pop band stuff, and they have sold a ton of records. Uh, Ani and I got to see them at uh, Voodoo Fest since side stage here uh, several years back. And uh, it's a good band. A lot of people. A lot of people know them, like them. Um, Pete Wentz, the day we were there, jumped off the the ride, the speaker and broke his ankle. How about that? We're talking about Fall Out Boy. Again, they sold a bunch of records. And so we're going to jump in here and uh, talk a little bit about uh, who I believe were the top ten Fall Out Boy songs. And uh, there are a lot. There are. All right, I'm going to mix the catalog up a little bit before we get into the hits here. Number ten of going back to the beginning here it's saturday saturday good track and again I, it took them a little while to kind of find themselves a little bit you know they were just kind of an alternative rock band uh kind of had some of the same tuning some of the same appeal as a lot of late 80s bands even though it's a different era for them but they, they kind of picked it up and so saturday again a good start they have some very unique song titles Including number nine on your list, A Little Less, Sixteen Candles, A Little More, Touch Me. Uh, Sixteen Candles, of course, uh, a great movie. Not exactly sure if the reference applies there, but the reality of it is this is a good track. Uh, Number eight, it's the song Immortals. And if you're unfamiliar with that, this is probably one that's kind of a, uh, maybe a hidden treasure in some respects. It was one of the later singles on that particular album. And then from there, we kind of get into the singles here when we get into you know the ones you know right i think it's important too. we kind of throw it out there too uh brand new album brand new album released by fallout boy here about six weeks ago album called so much for stardust it is the eighth studio album for fallout boy so if you're looking to kind of maybe get back into them they've got some new material for you because they hadn't they hadn't done a lot of stuff for the last decade or so but uh you know, they had a, a greatest hits album and that sort of stuff. And uh, you know, Patrick Stump obviously is a guy that uh, has kind of built a reputation as being a very talented singer. But uh, check him out, new album again. Uh, this is this didn't make your list here, but uh, "Love from the Other Side," one of the singles, "Heartbreak Feels So Good," and "Hold Me Like a Grudge," which is the most recent single, again off the brand new album. Uh, so much for Stardust. Okay, all right. So number seven. Kind of got a little bit of a uh, Pulp Fiction vibe to it. It's uh, Uma Thurman. It's an interesting track. It is. It is. But it's not uh, not one of my favorites, but it is one of the top ten. Uma Thurman, number seven. Number six, this was one that I think is kind of underappreciated, is this ain't a scene, it's an arms race. And I uh, love the bass line on it. I love how aggressive it is. And that's one of the things that you've seen as they've become a little more dynamic in their sound. It's a lot fuller than it used to be. All right, number five, one of the first early hits from them is Dance Dance. And this is a song, too, that kind of a flashback uh, to the earlier years when they were, again, maybe an alternative rock band before they really got big and had all this, this huge layered sound. But Dance Dance, great track. And again, that's what really kind of introduced Fallout Boy to America's youth. Number four, a lot of people would say this is the number one song. And I, I, I could make an argument for that. I could. It was fun to see him play the song live, but it's uh, "Sugar, We're Going Down," and they play it all the time at baseball, right? Because "Sugar, We're Going Down" swinging—it's it's a perfect fit for baseball. Uh, love guitars; I love the guitar on this one too. Uh, number three, kind of a dramatic song. I think they kind of wrote it with that in mind. Let's make this big dramatic song, but it's this track, centuries, for centuries. You know, these big hero-type songs, very you know, thematic in many respects. Number two, it's Thanks for the Memories. And the spelling, of course, makes it rather interesting. But uh, this was a huge hit everywhere. I think everybody at some point, you could hear them jamming down the road listen to Thanks for the Memories, even though they weren't so bad. But number one, for me, and some of you don't like this song, and it was probably a little bit overplayed, but I think it is the best Fallout Boy song. It's my song's Know What You Did in the Dark. And I, I love mainly because of the percussion. I love how big the song is, I like how robust the sound is. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, so that's my top ten Fallout Boy songs you may see differently, and that's okay. We've never done Fallout Boy, and again, we've had some interaction with them. And, um, you know, Happy for their success. And I know many of you were fans as you were coming through high school or college, and now they're back. I would encourage you to check them out. You may enjoy the new album, and um, you know, that's an important part of life, too. Again, it's so much for Stardust. That's a brand-new album released earlier this year. From Fallout Boys. So congratulations to those guys. Wish them the best. If you have ideas for the top ten list, reach out, let us know. Uh, the best way to do that is to hit me or Roy up on social media. Uh, I'm on all forms of social media. At Scout Steve R. Roy, available at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. And uh, you can find our great list also under that same handle for at Spotify. Again, it's Dogmatic67. D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. And uh, thanks, as always, for your support of the top ten list. I've had many people tell me, especially with the Classic Rock, they like the list because it sparks a little dialogue between them and the new generation. And so I appreciate, again, Blair Chandler for sponsoring us. Uh, and, uh, again, when you get a chance to do business with Blair, you're going to be glad you did. All right, next segment of the show brought to you, as always, by Campus Bookmart. Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. Whatever you need, Mississippi State related, they can provide it for you. A great place to shop. When you're in town, go by and see their smiling faces. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase and pays, that is BSR, which stands for beautiful Steve Robertson. That'll get you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75, absolutely incomplete. It'll be football season before you know it, and hey, thank God, right? We're excited about the Zach Garnett era. Go ahead and outfit your family. be thinking about your new gear. It's summertime. The kids need some summer clothes, Mom. You know they do. No better place to find them than campusbookmart.net. All right, let's take a look around the league. I know it was a busy day for us. Probably a busy day for you as well. Let's get caught up. On everything that happened last night. It's one of those things, too. It's like, you know, all these things are happening around us. And I'm a hater, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a hater. If we're not playing well, I don't like it when other people are playing well either. That's just me. But that's how it is. So let's take a look at the uh, at the scores from yesterday. You know, we go back. I guess there was just the one game played on Thursday. Because Ole Miss and Auburn got uh, postponed, I guess that was the only game scheduled for Thursday. So Friday, the full league in action. Uh, Auburn with a 10-run rule of Ole Miss in Oxford, absolutely destroyed Ole Miss pitching. 16 to four is the final. Auburn with 17 hits. Ole Miss had had you know, good offense, just couldn't score. 11 hits in the ball game, but 16 to four. So Auburn takes uh, game one. Florida with a 10-run ruling of Vanderbilt. And that, this is something, too, that we probably should look into at the end of the regular season. We, we wondered about this 10-run rule thing and how often it would really matter. It, guys, it happens every weekend for somebody. <laughs> it does. It even happens to Vanderbilt. Uh, Tennessee beats Kentucky 10-6, a competitive ballgame. Tennessee with five homers in the ballgame. Remember last year, Kentucky took two out of three in a series. But, uh, again, Kentucky in the mix to host, but need to win some games down the stretch. Missouri, they win by 10, 13-3 over Georgia. Big win for Missouri. They're now 7-17 and still clinging to that last spot for Hoover. Uh, They actually had, um, had a guy hit for the cycle last night. Our Texas A&M beats Alabama 11-5. That game's out in College Station, Texas. You know, last weekend, of course, with the uh, first series without Brad Bohannon at Alabama, played inspired baseball to take Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's now lost, what, three or four? South Carolina uh, loses 4-1 to one to uh, Arkansas. Arkansas just seems to be kind of figuring it out here late. They've been pretty consistent all year. But this is a big series win for them. Arkansas now ranked third in the country, 36-12 overall, and uh, three games ahead of South Carolina in the overall SEC standings. And Arkansas may win the league this year. Of course, LSU beat State 12-1, and then Auburn in the nightcap against Ole Miss wins 8-3 to three and get 13 hits. It's 30 hits on the day against Ole Miss pitching. And uh, Ole Miss just – struggling to do much of anything so Auburn takes the series and we talked about how favorable the May schedule was for Ole Miss they dropped a series to Missouri last week they now dropped a series to Auburn uh this week and uh, Auburn going for the sweep today it's just not good baseball in Mississippi right now all right so uh 11 a.m central Tennessee and Kentucky will play Tennessee going for the series win there AM going for the series win. That game is at 12 p.m. Central. Uh, Old Mess and uh, Auburn will get together at, three, at 2 o'clock Central. That's in the SEC Network game. So if you'd like to watch that in advance of Mississippi State's game, you certainly can do that. Uh, Georgia, Missouri. Missouri, of course, going for the series win, which would be two in a row for them. Uh, against Georgia, that's also 2 p.m. And then this evening, Florida and Vanderbilt, that's a 5:30 Central uh, first pitch. The Bulldogs and Tigers will play at 6 p.m. That's an SEC Network Plus game, so you have to watch it on the app. Arkansas and South Carolina will be uh, you know, getting started around the same time as Arkansas goes for the series win there at home. So uh, let's take a look and see what yesterday's results did to the standings. I don't know. I don't think this is updated. Doesn't appear to have been updated, which is weird. No, I don't think it has. I don't know what's up with that. Come on, SEC. Let's go. All right, we did find an updated list here. Okay, so Vanderbilt now 17 and 8 leads the East by a game over Florida. Could be a really interesting weekend down in Gainesville as Florida could take it. You know, uh, South Carolina 14 and 10, two and a half games out of first place. Kentucky Three games out of first place in the East at 14-11. Tennessee now 13 and 12. Four games out of first place, which uh, is five games to play. Uh, Georgia officially eliminated from the SEC West East race. Excuse me. They're seven games back at 10 and 15. Missouri now eight and 17, and uh, two games ahead of Mississippi State uh, for the final spot in Hoover. Two games with four to play. I guess five to play. Excuse me. Uh, so, but they're nine games out, so they're officially eliminated from uh, from the East. Arkansas, the best record in the Southeastern Conference when it comes to league play, they're eighteen and seven, and a game up on LSU in the win column. Even though LSU won the series, they didn't play that Sunday game with South Carolina, so they're a game short. They're a half game out of first place. It's going to be tough to catch Arkansas. Uh, Auburn, thirteen and thirteen now. Five and a half games out, so they're, they're eliminated as well. So it's going to boil down to Arkansas and LSU. Uh, Texas A&M, 12 and 13, and six games out of first. Alabama, seven games out at 11 and 14. The Bulldogs, 6 and 19, a half game ahead of Ole Miss in the loss column because the Ole Miss has already played two games this week. Uh, they're 6 and 20. We talked about Ole Miss could probably potentially lose 20 games this year in the SEC. Uh, they've done it. Mississippi State right there with them. But, um, you know, it, it gets kind of laborious, man. It really does. The fact that, uh, you know, we're sitting here having to discuss this, that, you know, we're battling Ole Miss for last place. I mean, And the thing about it is, too, you can't even enjoy their struggles, right? Because, you know, how, how can you say, oh, well, look at them. You know, yeah, we, we beat them three out of four times, but, goodness gracious, I mean, this Ole Miss team, a lot of people, including me, thought they were playing better baseball than us. and they're going to basically finish with the same record or, or worse. But uh, you know, looking ahead a little bit to, uh, you know, to next week, we talk about these races. Uh, LSU is going to be at Georgia next week. You like LSU to win that series. Florida is at Kentucky. It's a bit of a toss-up. Kentucky really good in their own ballpark. Arkansas is at Vanderbilt. Arkansas playing better, banding out as much. Tennessee is at South Carolina. Of course, A and Mississippi State, Missouri is at Auburn, you Ole Miss is at Alabama. So that's how it shapes up we're almost done with this thing we are and a lot of people wonder you know kind of what's next there's a lot to discuss with all that stuff you know and I'll be honest with you I spoke to a couple people yesterday that are closely affiliated that said you know at this point you know the plan is to give Chris Simonis another year I know that's not a popular situation I shared uh, my thought process uh, my thought process on it here a few days ago about why I thought that uh, keeping us might be a good thing. The thing about it is, at the end of the day, no matter how we feel about Chris Lomonas, no matter what you think or what I think, what Zach Selman thinks, the bottom line is we have got to stop losing. We don't just fill the baseball team for the fun of it. we build, we filled a baseball team, we've built this cathedral, there's all this tremendous fan support because of the fact that we expect to win, we're invested in winning, and we're not winning. And so, no matter what we think, we can all come to the same agreement that things have to change one way or the other, whether we make a coaching change or we don't. Next year's got to be a better year. It has to be. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And that's the fear for so many people. It's like, you know what, Steve, I like Chris Simonis. I'm grateful for what he's done. But I can't endure another season like this. I agree. I absolutely agree. And uh, so if Lamontis is retained, he's got to take whatever steps are necessary to turn this thing around. We're just not that kind of baseball program that's going to be okay. And you look up and you see what LSU has done. You see what Arkansas continues to do. Arkansas, arguably the most consistent team in the West for the last several years. We were right there with them until last year. But, again, it's a tribute to Dave Van Horn and, and his staff there. And, uh, you know, there, there is a demand for excellence at Arkansas. There is absolutely a demand for Arkansas of excellence. And um, we've got to make sure that we're there too. You know, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, I give the Arkansas uh, coaching staff a lot of credit. It, you know, the names change, but the results are pretty similar. You know, you go back to when, in 16 when you know, we swept Arkansas to uh, close out the regular season and win an SEC championship. And Dave Van Horn and those guys bounced back to the next year. And there's a lot of that discussion, too. It's like everybody's entitled to a bad year every once in a while. The injury bug catches up with you for a while. But when you start having two years and all of a sudden you start thinking, you know what, maybe we don't have the right person in place. The pressure to win here is tremendous. It is. And so the reality of it is, is we've got to get some things together. We do. I've told you guys on the show that uh, we got some great talent coming in. We've got some great talent returning. And hopefully we don't lose uh, anybody of significance to the portal. There will be some players leave. I'm just going to tell you now, we're about two weeks away from that. There will be some players leave. Uh, and from the names that I have heard, it's for the best, for them and for us. Some people need a reset, and we need to uh, free up that scholarship to bring in somebody that's going to you know, contribute. Uh, I appreciate everybody for their contributions to Mississippi State baseball. Uh, there are some guys, too, that just aren't good enough to play here. And, you know, again, nobody signs himself, right? And, and you'd be a fool not to take the opportunity to play at a place like Mississippi State if it presented itself. But once you get here, you got to produce, and if you don't produce, you got to go. That includes a coach. And in and, and most situations, a coach is the last to leave, right? But I hate the fact that we're in this position. I absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it. Cannot stand it. Absolutely cannot stand the fact that we are in the position that we're in. It's not an easy decision. I know for many of you it is. It's like, hey, well, and that's always been the case, right? I mean, you know, it's like, okay, we, you know. And it seems like we have been um, in firing mode for a long time here, Right? I guess Vic Schaefer's probably the only coach in the last several years that people hadn't wanted to fire. Everybody else, we wanted to fire. You know, so it's basically, hey, you go compete for NAFL championships consistently, we want to fire you. Uh, I don't I don't agree with a lot of these people that say, well, you know, we should just be grateful. I could understand that last year. We just won an NAFL championship. And you say, you know what, hey, okay, I, I can absorb one of these. But when you absorb a second year, you start thinking, you know what, hey, I'm not getting the return on the investment here. Not just me as an individual, but as a fan base and as a university. We're not getting what we should get. And so I'm not a person that's necessarily on the fence about this thing, but I want what's best for Mississippi State baseball. Uh, I do think Chris Simonis deserves another year. I know I'm, I'm probably in the bottom 20%. I can tell you, it's so interesting, Uh, there's so many people that everybody has a source on the internet, you know, Uh, but I can tell you that a lot of the people that I speak to that are decision makers and people with influence, uh, they all believe that he is going to get another Mm -hmm. year. There's a handful of people out there that say, you know what, hey, I've heard this and I've heard that. You know, you, you talk to enough people, you can hear whatever you want. But I think what Chris Simona's has to do at this point, we have got to find a way to win some games down the stretch here to give some evidence that there is going to be a turnaround. Yeah, I remember this time last year, you know, we were all just thinking, we just got to get in the portal, we got to get healthy. You know, the reality of it is, is you get Stone Simmons back, that's helpful. You get Brooks ocker back, that's helpful. You know, Nate Williams, the guy we've talked about, many of you don't know. You know, so there, there are some reinforcements kind of waiting in the wings, But when you think about that portal class last year, I mean, you know, we felt really good about going and getting Connor Isaac. We felt really good about getting uh, Tyler Davis, and TD has not been very good, very inconsistent. Connor Isaac can't can't stay in the starting lineup. Amani Larry uh, has been really good for us. He was really good at the beginning of the season. Uh, He's not uh, the guy with the biggest arm, and at times that's hurt us a little bit defensively, but he is a guy that can get to just about everything. He's very athletic, plays really hard. And, of course, uh, Colton Ledbetter has been outstanding for us. You know, so we, we've hit pretty hard on the position players. And, of course, Aaron Nixon's been good for us when he's been healthy. Nate Dome has been good as of late. He's, uh, you know, had some challenges with the health. But, uh, you know, for the portal class, you feel pretty good, especially about the guys that are returning. I feel pretty confident Aaron Nixon will sign, provided he gets drafted. Uh, you know, a lot of us do to his age. You know, Nate's not draft eligible, so you expect him back. Colby Holcomb's not. So, you know, there are some things you look at and say, okay, these are some positives. But, you know, if Lamontis is retained, and again, I expect him to be, we have got to go out and get the best pitching coach in America. We've got to go out there and spend the money, whatever. And that's that's on Chris, okay? That, that can't be something that just, you know, sits on the desk of Zach Selman and, and, um, and uh, Dr. Marquina. You know, that, that's Chris Lamontis' responsibility to make sure that, that gets taken care of, all right? All right, let's move ahead here. All right, final segment of the show brought to you, as always, by Portico, our friend Brooks Bryant, former Mississippi State Diamond Dog. I hate to say it that way, right, don't you? Because, I mean, that's a lifelong designation. It just is. Uh, Brooks, part of a great group of developers, bringing its wonderful residential development to Starkville. Phase one is completely sold out. Phase two is under development. Some of those homes remain available for purchase. And there's also opportunities for you to pick out a lot and your housing plans. If you need a custom build, they can accommodate you with that. Reach out to Brooks at 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075 to get more information. It's very easy to get to. You turn off 82 on a 12-light going to campus, the very first right, Pat Station Road. You have passed that road for years. You go through the four-way stoppers, portico on the right. And that's still a relatively new area, too, just so you guys know. That, that road didn't, didn't exist until a few years ago. Uh, but being in Portico, a great place to live, uh, 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus, close enough for convenience and far enough away to have a little privacy, right? Next time you're in town, go by and see for yourself. I'm, I'm confident, whether it be your retirement home, your second home, your primary residence, they've got a, a plan for you at Portico. Make it your next move. All right, uh, let's take a quick look at the Tigers before we get out the door here. And, um, you know, we, we talked about doing this earlier. But, uh, guys, Dylan Cruz is an absolute freak. I know State did a really good job with him uh, last night, 0 for 4, but he did have the RBI on the walk there. But uh, this is a guy that's doing some amazing things. Has a chance to set uh, perhaps a national mark when it comes to on-base percentage. And it feels like he's been there forever. But an on-base percentage of 6.07. How ridiculous is that? Absolutely crazy. Basically, two out of every three times he comes to, to play, he's getting on base. But he's hitting 457 on the year. Uh, got one triple, 13 tanks, 53 ribbies. And used to, he he was like the guy. But they go out and, and kind of mind the portal and go get some pieces around him. I think it's just made it more difficult to pitch to him. Uh, Tommy White. Formerly uh, NC State guy, Tommy Tanks, as they say. Uh, 19 home runs, which leads the Tigers. Excuse me, 18 home runs. 19 doubles, which also leads the team. 82 RBI. It's a guy that's making good use of his opportunities for sure. He's a guy that uh, has been hit by the pitch nine times and then 22 strikeouts on the year. Uh, Gavin Dugas leads the SEC with uh, 24 hit-by-pitches. I don't think that's an accident. I think he crowds the plate. But 44Ks on the year. He also has 13 home runs, including uh, the one last night. Uh, Jared Jones, 322 on the year. And this is a young guy they're really excited about. He's probably in that next wave of stars. Having a big year, even as a freshman, with 14 home runs. 45 RBI for him. Uh, Trey Morgan's another guy. They moved him from first to left. They made that really athletic play against us last night to uh, rob extra bases and probably a couple runs away from Luke Hancock. Uh, 318 on the year. He'll, he'll sign this year, just four home runs. Offensive numbers have kind of dipped a little bit, but he is so incredibly athletic. They'll find a spot for him. Cade Beloso, it seems like that he should, you know, he should be a doctor by now. He's been there so long. And, again, j- just a good, solid college player. Not a superstar by any stretch, but he's hitting 308, which is pretty significant. Nine dingers, 32 ribbies. Uh, Braden Gilbert had a big tank against us last night, hitting 284. You got six tanks, 25 ribbies. Another guy that does have a little bit of swing and miss in his game. Uh, he's got 30, but uh, he is a guy that more times than I, puts us in play. Probably the biggest uh, – Jared Jones, a freshman, of course, struck out a lot. But um, this is a team, because of the fact they are a power-hitting team, they will absolutely swing for the fences. Uh, Alex Malazzo hitting 343 and uh, platoons a little bit, I guess you could say. But he's another guy, too. Got, that's a guy to put the ball in play. We saw last night. This is not a team that runs the bases exceptionally well. 18 of 26, just 26 uh, stolen base attempts on the year. Uh, against them, opponents are 27 of uh, 41. But when you, you know, when you're when you're LSU, you, you kind of you don't go out there and, and field the team. It's going to steal a lot of bases when you've got so many home run hitters in there. It just there's just they're not built that way. There's just not a lot of guys out there. They're going to go out there and steal a lot of bases. It's a completely different mindset offensively. All right, we already talked about Paul Skeens uh, extensively here. Garrett Edwards, uh, ten appearances on the year, uh, is a relief pitcher. I'm sure we'll see him at some point this weekend. Uh, 1.93 ERA, uh, has one save, 23 and a third innings pitched, less than a hit per inning at just 16 allowed, five runs, 27 Ks to five walks, which means he's going to be around the plate a lot. Uh, Chase Shores is a guy that um, you know has appeared in seven games but um, yeah, mainly is a middleweek type reliever. Uh, Nick Auchenhausen what a name. Uh, 11 appearances on the year all in relief. another guy that we expect to see opponents are hitting just a buck 85 against him. Uh, Ty Floyd we mentioned him he is expected to be tonight's starter. He has allowed a, a, a staff high nine home runs. Opponents are hitting just a buck ninety-four, but he's been one of these guys. It's like he'll cruise for a while, and all of a sudden he loses it. And you can have a beginning against him. He is a guy also too that uh, has a propensity to walk. He's second on the team in walks issued, and um, the only guy that's had more is Thatcher Hurd, a guy that a lot of people thought was just supposed to be a big deal for them, and uh, he's just been okay, just been okay. But uh, again, Ty Floyd's the guy you're going to look at today. Uh, six wins, four point eight six ERA. 12 appearances, 10 of them starts, um, 35 runs scored, 29 of them earned, 26 walks, 59 Ks, allowed five doubles and the nine home runs. And in that ballpark, you can hit home runs. That's not a, a joke. Blake Monty has been uh, a bit banged up. Not sure we see him. Uh, Christian Little, of course, from Vanderbilt. A lot of people said, oh, this is the great thing ever. Uh, Chris, here's the thing, guys. Christian Little is just not a dude. He's just not. He wasn't a dude at Vanderbilt. He's not a dude at LSU. And uh, I said before, I, I, I thought that he might be an interesting piece, but he would not be a guy that would be a dominant player at LSU, and he hadn't been uh, 5.91 ERA. He is two and two on the year. Eight starts, uh, 32 innings pitched, uh, 24 hits, uh, 40 strikeouts. That They're managing him a little bit, too, but he is a guy, too, that uh, will give up some runs. Riley Cooper is a guy, too, that's uh, Been a very good pitcher for them too, but uh, has also maybe not been exactly the picture of good health. 5.95 ERA and uh, well over a hit per inning, allowing 44 hits and 36 innings pitched. He is a three and two on the year. He's appeared 20 times, 18 of those in relief. And uh, three to one strikeout to walk ratio here. He is another guy too that uh, has the propensity to give up the extra base hits. And uh, among the regulars, uh, allowing 295 to opponents. Opponents are hitting right at 300. Uh, Samuel Dutton is the only other guy on the staff that is uh, has a higher batting average against. And he's allowed 345, but uh, he's a guy that's only pitched 13 innings. Riley Cooper's a guy that's put in uh, 36 innings worth of work. So this bullpen has been very much up and down. That's why, you know, if you'd had Skeens throw it all last night, our Skeens, uh, you know, have to give way. You'd like them to use an arm or two. But um, this is a bullpen that has really struggled to get people out. And so, the sooner we can get Ty Floyd out of the game, the better chance we have to win. I think Cade Smith gives us a chance to win. we got to keep the ball down. Cade's a guy, 2 that will challenge guys. And uh, fastballs in the zone sometimes lead to home runs. So we need K to go out there and give us a good effort, but uh, we got a chance to win this ball game, and anything can happen on Sunday. I don't expect State to win the series, but I, I won't be the least bit uh, surprised if these games are competitive. Uh, last night's game was competitive up until uh, late in the ball game. I mean, it's 5-1, I and mean, we'll get down 5 nothing Next thing you know, it's just, you know, Skeen's posting zeros, and I'll be honest with you, I thought we looked completely intimidated, we didn't have any swagger about us at all. It's like, okay, well, we've all heard this about Skeens. We, we recruited him. We know how great he is. He's supposed to be one of the top picks in the draft. I don't think we went out there and had any real confidence. I don't. And I think we, we looked a little bit scared at times. And then you make the errors that we make that, uh, like even the, the, the play to Mershon is not an error. He goes right, the ball goes left. Should have been a routine ground ball. Next thing you know, it opens the floodgates and they score three runs in the inning. You know, those are the kind of things you can't do, especially on a road against a team quality of LSU. But I will say again, I am not completely sold on this LSU team. I'm not. They they may sweep us. They they may beat us 25 to nothing today. They may. I'm just not sold on this LSU team. And I I think a lot of it goes down to pitching you. When you get outside of schemes, and listen, Ty Floyd's been good. He has been. I'm not trying in any way to diminish his contributions to the team. But – this is not the pitching staff that it was advertised to be, and it's really not even close. And so you survive Paul Skeens, and he's a guy obviously that can save some arms, right? Um, so the reality of it is now is we've got to go out there and hit the baseball, and we have really struggled to do so on Friday. I don't know if it's in our approach or it's the quality of pitching that we're facing, and, of course, we faced the best guy in the country last night. My point being is today is a new day. We've got to go out there and make some things happen. Uh, we've got to go out there and run the bases a little bit too, you know. And that's the thing with you know Monty, Larry, Colton Ludbutter. We've got to find a way to put some pressure on these pitchers and make them worry about something other than just standing and delivering. You've got to make them be honest. Simple as that. Uh, LSU defensively got some dudes. Obviously, I mean, you know, you know, they got some guys that can play. But 976 opponents are just 960 against them. So not, I would say, an elite defensive team. They just don't give you a whole lot. They have had some issues at times uh, in middle innings. I mean, excuse me, in the middle infield, you know, maybe not being exactly what you want them to be. But, uh, you know, Jared Jones, a couple of errors. Gavin Dugas with three. Trey Morgan with three. Jordan Thompson with eight. Tommy White with nine. Did you expect that? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how it all works. Uh, but the bottom line is this, is uh, this is a series that we always look forward to. And some years, we just kind of hold our breath. And we went down there in, uh, in 21, and we won. And it hadn't been very good since. And we had a chance to win a game last year against them. You know, and uh, we had Jackson Fristo up there and ready to get this thing out. We don't get a call. Next thing you know, the game gets away from us. So we got to find a way to go get a dub today. And that's the thing, too. This is the thing that I go back to. There's so much of this that I think sometimes that, you know, we get so caught up in, in looking at, you know, the season or the future, or whatever. You know, guys, you got a bunch of guys that are getting together to play baseball. It's about winning today's game. You go win today's game. You can't think about A and M. You can't think about what's gonna happen at the end of the year, if you're gonna make Hoover or you're not. You can't look at it that way. You can't think about the portal. You gotta think about today. What do we need to do today to win a game? Period. What gives us the best chance to win? Yeah, Cade Smith, I think it's a guy, obviously, that um, of, among our starters, he's has guy that maybe you feel the best about. Cade can go out there and maybe get you five or six, right? Don't want to stretch him too far. But the bullpen kind of sets up pretty well for us. But you need a quality start. Then perhaps Nate can go out there and get you a couple of innings and you turn it over to Aaron Nixon. You try to win a game. It's about winning today's game. At the end of the day, this is a game that we love. It's a team we love. It's a program that we're invested in, and we're, we're beneath our expectations. But at this point, what matters most is winning today's game. Sometimes we lose sight of all that, right? I mean, I like we, we keep up with college athletics because we love it. It brings us joy. It does. If we could find a way to win this series, we'd feel a whole lot better about the weekend. It wouldn't erase what's happened this year. But at the same time, too, you say, like, you know what, hey, maybe there's some signals here, maybe there's room for a turnaround. And if we go out there and get drilled both ball games, and it's certainly possible, you look at it and you begin to think, you know what, there's just not a lot of evidence of a turnaround here. And that's what has to happen. You know, we gotta go win today's game. And then we'll see what happens tomorrow. Then we'll see what happens Tuesday, and then we'll see what happens when AM comes down. To And a reminder, I'm not going to be in town for for the Texas A&M games. As a matter of fact, I have missed one game this year, and that was last night. And I'll miss next week as the wife and I are taking the uh, anniversary trip. But uh, we'll have full coverage. Dave Murray's coming into town next weekend to kind of pick up my slack, and I appreciate Dave for doing that. So the coverage won't lapse by any stretch of the imagination. Just going to go out and take some time for myself and uh, celebrate a milestone in our life and our marriage together. But uh, I'm making the trip to Baton Rouge solo. Of course, I've been down there so many times that the, uh, you know, the drive down there, I think the car could make it automatically. But uh, I need to get on the road and we'll get down there and hopefully be able to, to uh, spend some time with Jason Crowder as we uh, preview the ball game from Walk-On. So my, my goal is to I'm going to go, I'm going to go grab a change of clothes and I'm going to get on the road and then we'll uh, we'll be with you guys live from Alex Box Stadium here in uh, in a few hours. Cut the show a little bit short today because uh, again, it's a travel day. And matter of fact, I woke up with a terrible headache. And matter of fact, halfway through the show, I went and laid back down for a little while. I uh, took some Tylenol, and um, I could easily talk myself into staying. However, I've got a really strong work ethic, and I've got an obligation. And here's the thing, too, guys I'm, I'm living the dream, man. I, mean, I get to cover Mississippi State baseball, good, bad, or indifferent. I get to cover Mississippi State football. I get to cover Mississippi State athletics. And so I take that responsibility very serious. I see it as a privilege. So, when lose or draw? I'm going to be there. And, uh, again, I'm going to go pack a change of clothes and we'll hit the road and spend a night in Denham Springs and have a good meal tomorrow and cover a ball game. and We'll head back up here. And the next thing you know, it's Monday. Time for Monday show. Then it'll be Tuesday baseball. And, again, I'm going to try to record Wednesday show Tuesday night because I want to get on the road to uh, to Tennessee on Wednesday. And then uh, I'll turn you guys over. I don't know if we do a uh, Friday show yet. I don't know. I don't know how I feel yet. We'll see. I'm going to bring you stuff with me and we'll see. I may be having so much fun that I may not be able to do it, or I may do an abbreviated show. We'll see. But I'm going to see uh, Bad Omens uh, Thursday night. Those of you that listen to Modern Rock, you'll know who I'm talking about. Never seen them before. I may be, um, you know, who knows? My ears may be ringing so much Friday morning, I may not want to do anything. And uh, looking forward to going and see Ruby Falls. I was reminded that I have actually been to Ruby Falls before. I don't remember that. But I was told that when I was a kid that I went to Ruby Falls, Lookout Mountain and all that. I remember making the trip, I don't remember doing Ruby Falls. But we're going to go do the uh, the night tour and when it's all illuminated and all that kind of stuff, we're going to have a good time. But this weekend's about business. And so hopefully we can go down to LSU, maybe win a game or two, we'll see. But uh, LSU, obviously a very good team, especially offensively, and we're going to need a great effort. And uh, listen, I wish you guys all the best. We're back on schedule, uh, you know, Monday. And uh, try to keep you guys abreast of what's going on just so you know. But uh, I, my whole plan yesterday was, hey, when we get back from graduation, I'm going to go ahead and uh, record the show. But, of course, you got family around, and a lot of people I don't see very often. I had three of my four kids in town. And so, spent some time with them. And next thing I know, it's uh, time to start getting ready for the ball game. And I said, well, well, let's just wait and do it Saturday. We'll kind of preview the game. But uh, nevertheless, appreciate all you guys and your support of the Boneyard, the top ten list, and uh, all the great books. I appreciate you guys. We've sold so many books, and it's because of you. And if you're looking for books for, you know, Father's Day is coming up. Mother's Day weekend is here now, right? Uh, You go to dogpilethebook.com, and you can get Dogpile, Alpha Dogs, and Flim Flim. Blooms of Oleander will soon be out of print. So if you're looking for getting that, you can find it at Amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, booksmegan.com, and, uh, of course, two local bookstores. That's going to be it. Uh, And listen, guys, I love my mom. I know you guys do too. Let me encourage you, as always, to reach out let mom know you love her. And uh, I was able to take my mom to uh, to dinner yesterday, and uh, happy to do that as always. You know how it is. I mean, it's like the, sometimes I look up, man. If I hadn't seen her for a while, and I'm like, "Man, my mom's getting older." And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's like you know, you I get, I'm, I just get so locked in in my own life sometimes. You don't realize too that you know your parents aren't going to be here forever. You know, and my dad died, of course, uh, almost 18 years ago. You know, it's been a gift that I still have my mom, and my stepdad, and my stepmother. Uh, but I love my mom, and uh, I love all the moms in my life. Of course, love my wife, and the fact that she's, uh, you know, given me all these wonderful children. But uh, let me encourage you: no matter what's going on in your life, make some time for mom tomorrow. Whether you can make the trip out to see her or make a phone call, mm-hmm. uh, because we you know, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not. We're absolutely not. And, and I, I'm I'm a guy too that uh, I try to pride myself on living in the moment. But sir, sometimes, especially when when it's family, you know, it's like I'm just. A lot of times when I get going, I'm ready to go. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I've got a trip. And there's always something else going on. But uh, the last couple of days, I've had a chance to kind of relax and spend time with my mom. We took her down and had coffee with her and uh, visited downtown, her and my stepdad. And then we went and ate at Bulldog Burger Company and, and met my girls. We had a great, great opportunity uh, to do that. And one of the things that I am so grateful for is that my, my children know my mother well. And then my mom is the most thoughtful person that I know and uh my wife will tell you how thoughtful i am i get that from my mom because she is the kind of person like if she's ever she's like ron polk if she's ever met you she's gonna send you a birthday card she's that kind of person and uh, she, she thinks a lot of other people she really does and so cherish your mom and uh and be sure and let her know you love her this may be the last mother's day we have i mean honest to goodness whether well, something happens to us happens to them and i hate to speak that you know and in morbid type terms, but the reality of it is, there are a lot of people out there that would do a lot to be able to speak to their, uh, their moms because their moms passed away. You know, it's like I thought about this the other night. I was telling my, my wife, I said, you know, sure wish I could go to dinner with my dad. You know, <clears throat> sure wish I could, but I, you know, I can't do that. But I was able to go have a great meal with my mom. And so I don't want to belabor the point here. But the reality of it is, we all need a little bit of a reminder. Maybe do something special for mom tomorrow, get her some flowers, send her something. Go by and check her out whatever you got to do but let your mom know you love her that's one thing for sure all of us have a mom some of us better than others uh, but every mom should be special the fact that she decided to uh to bring you into life that is always uh, a debt that we uh we have to repay so happy mother's day to all you wonderful moms out there and uh, best of luck to everybody as they, as they travel be safe And uh, wish travel mercies upon all of us that are on the road this weekend. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.